We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed in 100 days the women's world cup kicks off in france and our u.s women's national team will look to defend their world cup title and try to win a record fourth world cup head coach jill ellis is back again and she's taking arguably the strongest u.s team ever assembled so as always we should expect this team to win that's what they do but heavy is the crown Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to a special State of the Union podcast where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. This special podcast will be focusing on the Women's World Cup. We are 100 days out from the FIFA Women's World Cup happening this summer in France, and you can see it all on Fox. We have a special guest joining myself and David Mossy this podcast, the great, the legend, Ali Wagner will join us to talk about things to watch for this summer and leading up to this summer. Can't wait to talk to her. But as always, we start off the pod with Alexi Lawless's State of the Union. Yes, it's time for my State of the Union, where I look at a part of the game from an American perspective. And this week, it goes a little something like this. People ask me all the time, when is the U.S. going to win a World Cup? Well, real American soccer fans know we already have. We've won multiple World Cups, and we are the defending World Cup champions. In 100 days, the Women's World Cup kicks off in France, and our U.S. Women's National Team will look to defend their World Cup title and try to win a record fourth World Cup. Head coach Jill Ellis is back again, and she's taking arguably the strongest U.S. team ever assembled. You have a devastating attacking trio with healthy and informed Megan Rapino, Tobin Heath, and Alex Morgan. you got some newer faces bringing speed and creativity in the form of Rose Lavelle, Lindsey Horan, and Crystal Dunn. You have some vets like Becky Salbrun and Julie Ertz holding down the defensive responsibilities. And you have a goalkeeper in Alyssa Nair trying to step out of the shadow of Hope Solo. You also have a wealth of talent and depth on the bench, including someone by the name of, oh, Carly Lloyd. So, as always, we should expect this team to win. That's what they do. But heavy is the crown. The world continues to catch up, and this women's national team will have their hands full this summer with our old friends and usual suspects like Japan, Canada, Brazil, Germany, and Sweden, up-and-comers like Australia, England, Netherlands, and Spain, and, of course, the host nation, a France team that is loaded with talent hungry for success, ready for a fight, and the team that I think could be the biggest obstacle to the U.S. repeating. The 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup starts this summer in France in 100 days. I'm ready. Are you? All right, you want the best, you got the best. Uh, We have Ali Wagner, a friend, a colleague, a, let's be honest, just an American legend. 
not even an American soccer legend, just an American legend joining us, just announced as part of the lead announcing team alongside another legend, JP Della Camera, a woman that I have worked with and admired for so many years for everything that she does on camera and off camera. It is an absolute privilege and a pleasure and an honor to welcome Allie Wagner to the State of the Union podcast. And I just want to say, Allie, you are the first ever telephonic guest that we have had on the State of the Union. So congratulations for making history. How is that even possible? Well, we're, 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 not a big, we're not a big pod. <laughs> I don't believe, by the way, half of what you just said, but thank you. Thanks well, for having me. Yeah, they just write it down for me. So, uh, sorry, know, so we're getting ready for, we're 100 days out from the World Cup. I can't wait to spend the summer uh, in France because uh, France is beautiful, but also because I get to talk about, as you do, the greatest game in the world. And uh, right now, the defending World Cup champion, U.S. women's national team. And I just gave my monologue, and I talked a little bit about how I feel uh, that this is arguably, and maybe you'll argue with me, the best mm-hmm. U.S. women's national team that we have ever sent to a World Cup. Am I wrong? Uh, why are you doing this to me? No, you're not. I hate having to say that. Oh. I, I, I know. I concur. I do think it's by far the best squad that has ever been assembled in the history of, of the program. And I think the depth-wise, that is one place that you can look. But I think individual talent-wise, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And I do think for all the struggles that they've had along the way, I think what Jill Ellis and, and her staff have done to get them to kind of play in their, their free-flowing mode, I think it's something we just haven't seen from teams a long time ago. And the level of the opponent wasn't really, I would say, as, as up to par the way most nations are now. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about the U.S. team, and then we're going to get you know expanded into the field that will be facing the U.S. Uh, I know we got uh, she believes coming up that you will be involved with calling uh, U.S. women's national team uh, and Japan on Wednesday. How important are these games leading up to the World Cup? You know, I, for the U.S. or for the other squad? No, for the I U.S. Mean, let's yeah, let's all... focus on the U.S. for now. All right. So I, I think that it's not is important and the way it used to be phrased to when I played it way back when and the generations after me was it was always about a dominance factor and that you put that stamp out there and of course the women want to focus on that and of course that that is a part of what they're trying to accomplish in these three matches but the game has evolved and it has to be more tactically nuanced it has to be looking at the this tournament only three months out you look at the three opponents, you've got one from Asia, you've got one from South America, and then you've got one from Europe, and that it, it mimics their group play. So this is going to be a lot about, I think, looking at squad rotation and how do you manage three games that are this close together. It's similar to a World Cup rhythm, um, maybe one day less in between. So those are going to be factors that if I'm the coach that I'm looking at replicating what we're going to face in the World Cup, and then I'm looking at, I think it's more important for individuals, uh, looking at who can replace a Lindsay Horan. She's obviously trying to make her way back from injury. Uh, who can be a player in the center of the park that actually has the ability to spray the ball around the way she can? Who can be a backup number six if Earth goes down? I think that's a big question mark for the U.S. because she's so dominant in the midfield. And then you, so those are the personnel issues you're going to look at. Are you going to play Crystal Dunn? In an outside back position, you're going to continue to just plug her into different holes based on the opponent. Those are all things that if I'm Coach Ellis, I'm nailing down in this tournament. And then as far as the team goes, I think what we saw in qualifying and CONCACAF qualifying was just fluid, beautiful style. I've never seen the team play that way. 
But you have to take into account the level of opponent wasn't really stretching them. And that's going to be a completely different task in this tournament. So I'm looking at whether or not they can have that same fluidity against these top 10 teams, against a Japan that may, in fact, have more ball, the way we saw Spain have more ball against them. You know, so there's, there's a lot of things that I think are going to be important in focuses, but I don't think it's important to come out necessarily victorious in this event and put a dominant stamp on it. You want to make teams fear you, but you don't have to be perfect because if there's any squad in the, I think, in the world that learns more from tough opponents, it's the U.S. And I think they'll be the better ones for it if, if, they, if they learn from the, uh, what's going to go down in these next three matches. Okay. Ali, there's been this trend on the men's side. The last three defending World Cup champions have been eliminated in the group stage. And the conventional wisdom is that the mistake those managers made was they were too loyal to the players that won the previous World Cup. They put too much emphasis on experience. Four years is a long time, and who your best players are as a country can change, and a manager needs to adapt to that. And obviously, nobody thinks the U.S. is going to be eliminated in the group stage, but in terms of winning it, <laughs> uh, how big a concern is that for the U.S. this summer, and how good a job do you think Joe Ellis has done to set up the U.S. to kind of avoid that pitfall? You know, I, I think all you have to do is look back even at 2015 and where Abby Wambach became a role player for that squad. You know, she was someone that we had hung our hat on for a long time. Look at this year or the last few years. You know, she's having Carly Lloyd potentially be a role player. These were big players in the previous cycle. And so I think she's done really well at navigating that. I do think that she's picking players based on form. And she's fortunate enough that you've got these young ones that are pushing the older ones along. But look at the, the level at which Megan Rapinoe's playing, Tobin Heath's playing. I haven't seen them play this well in their whole career. So they might be players that you'd say they're the experienced ones. They were ones that we relied upon a cycle ago, but I still think that they've earned the, the starting gig. And I don't think that Jill Ellis is afraid to pull them if, in fact, that isn't the case anymore. All right, Ali, we're going to talk a little bit now and expand it and talk a little bit more about the teams that the U.S. will be facing. And as, as Mossy said, there's never really a fear from a group stage, but ultimately this is a team that is assembled and the expectation is is going to win a World Cup. So for those people out there that are listening that aren't necessarily following day-to-day and don't have the depth and the understanding that you do, give us a, a real quick cliff notes <laughs> version of the usual suspects out there. I mentioned some of them in my State of the Union, but right now, okay. who are the biggest problems from a U.S. perspective that they're going to face this summer? France. You saw it in January, without a doubt. I think that is a squad that has been peaking or developing, I would say, over the past six years. The look on them is they don't have the mentality to get over the edge. But I think they have that now. I think this younger group, and we saw it in January with some of the players that came in with Kit Diani and Cascarino. I think that some players that don't have the weak mentality that we've attributed to the French side for many years. I would put them as the number one threat to the U.S. And then, of course, they're on home soil. And then one, I mean, there's a lot of momentum behind them. I think in terms of the Women's Professional League, they've got probably, it's right up there, right? It's them, it's England, it's the U.S. So they're helping players. Uh, the other one that I would keep my eye on is England. And <laughs> maybe it is coming home, who knows, for them. But <laughs> They ultimately are a team, I think, that matches the U.S. in mentality and physicality. And then I think they now have players that have the savviness and the just the baller mentality, like a Fran Kirby. She's this young gun that 
I, she glanced onto the onto the scene, I would say, four years ago at the last World Cup, and, and you saw glimpses of it. She just didn't get the playing time that she perhaps deserved. Now she's flying, and I think her and Nikita Paris on the right, they're, they're just young, talented players that make something special happen. So I think they're another one that you really have to – that the U.S. should be concerned with. Another one might be Sweden. I Notice I haven't mentioned Germany. Yep. They're an interesting one that hasn't developed over the past, I would say, six years. I don't know that they have the talent or the depth. They'll always compete. I mean, this is a team that should go, it'll have, of course, advance out of group stage, get to quarters, maybe semis. But I just don't think they have what it takes to get into that final. Uh, Sweden would be the other one that I think the U.S. will have their eye on. We know how well they've done against us on the world stage in big moments. And so I think they're, they're looking strong. And I always forget Japan, and I shouldn't. But they're such a young team, and they've had a lot of rotation. We'll see in this tournament. Takakura has brought in nine players that have zero caps. So she is constantly trying to regenerate this this team, bring new players along, and I think they're going to have some fresh blood. And they do have young, exciting players. So they're another one that the U.S., I think, you know, has to definitely be wary of. Are you on the Spain hype train? Uh, that's a country that's never been a threat before, but a lot of people feel like they're sort of the up-and-coming soccer nation on the women's side. Uh, do you feel like they're ready uh, this summer and moving forward to become a major threat in World Cups? I know they're in the same group as Germany. They can play. They play beautifully. I don't think they can threat. They just don't have any potent forces up top right now to stretch the opponent. And perhaps there's someone that is playing in league play because, as you know, they, they're developing their professional league as well, and it's going incredibly well so maybe there's a young talent that bursts onto this in the next few months and has that young cocky attitude but i haven't seen it from them i don't see them being dynamic enough in that final third they just lack the killer edge but four years from now mossy absolutely they're going to be there mossy's a romantic you know he doesn't care whether they win or lose <laughs> as long as they play well <laughs> that's how i am mossy i, I always said you guys are kindred I'd souls play better and lose is that pathetic uh, uh, Ali, my bosses probably won't like me asking about a player that's not going to be there, but I find this story fascinating. The Ada, Ada. He he yeah, Ada yeah. Hegerberg situation. So she's 23 years old, best player in the world, just won the Ballon d'Or. She plays her club soccer in France with Lyon, which I know is your former club, and it's where the World Cup final is. So you would think it would be this momentous opportunity in her career to go play in a World Cup in that country and potentially lead Norway to the title in the city she calls home, and yet I've read articles this week. She is not budging. She's had this sort of uh, issue with the Norwegian Federation and she's not going to play this World Cup. What Can you elucidate us on that situation? What do you know and what do you make of it? I do not know what the hidden truth is. I really don't. I, I do think that she is a woman of principle. I've met her. I've obviously spoken with her and had pleasure of interviewing her plenty of times. She, I think that what she's doing is incredibly brave and it's She's sacrificing, really, because who doesn't want to play in a World Cup? And I think, by the way, this Norway squad, if they had her in it, I would easily put them up there as a dark horse because I think they have that kind of potent force. They're just they're better than they've been and, and how they go about it. But I think it's unfortunate, but I do respect that she's taking that stand and, and sticking to her guns if she feels passionately that they're not being treated the way they should be from the Federation. And it takes a lot to do that. We've seen it, you know, we, we haven't seen it in other countries with a martyr in Brazil, for instance, when you had a Cristiani doing it. So it takes a lot to, to be that key player and to, I think, step up and go out on your own. But what we do know is that 
she does have a, a sister that was on the squad who's no longer on the squad. I don't know if that plays into it at all. And the team is, is sticking by the federation and the coach. And maybe they're just not brave enough to follow her. And maybe they're a little bit more selfish and they want to play in a World Cup, which I can certainly understand. But they aren't necessarily supporting her path. So that leads me to believe that it's not as, as clear cut as, as perhaps you'd want it to be. All right, so we're talking about stars, and I'm gonna, we're going to let you go here. Just a couple more questions here. We talked about stars, and in, in my State of the Union, I mentioned a lot of the players that presumably are going to be on the field, whether it's new players uh, or players that we saw last, uh, last World Cup. And a lot of people will be tuning in this summer that maybe the last time they saw this team play was four years ago. And four years ago, mm-hmm. we saw Carly Lloyd, and we saw Carly Lloyd kind of own the World Cup uh, in Canada right now. The way it stands right now, looks like she's going to go, barring injury, but she might be in a substitute capacity. Am I, am I right, first off, in saying that? And if that's the case, how long do you think that lasts? Do you think that Carly Lloyd has a place in this team going forward uh, this summer in the World Cup? Is she going to make an impact? Yes, yeah, she, I think she certainly has a place. I don't think that it is as a starter. Perhaps it's a starter in the second match in a group stage situation. I think she's a role player much like Abby Wambach was back in, in 2015. And I think, of course, I, Carly will have – she always can pull big moments, right? And that's what Jill Ellis will be relying upon. She'll be relying upon her experience to kind of lead and I would say try to be a positive force from the bench. And that's going to be her challenge because I know she's going to be frustrated internally that she's not starting because, every, you know, if you follow her on Twitter, if you know her at all, everything is, you know, people can count me out. I'm not counting myself out. That's always the message that she's putting out there. And she certainly believes that she can force her way into a starting position come World Cup time. And if that doesn't happen, how is she able to kind of control those emotions as a competitor? It's a difficult task. And that's going to be, I think that's the challenge for her. So I don't see her being a starter, but I do certainly see her being a role player and having one big moment in the World Cup if that is the case. Well, stars are made at a World Cup, so give us a name from a U.S. perspective that maybe not a lot of people are talking right now, but you think it's going to have a kind of coming-out party this summer at the World Cup. Rose Lavelle, without a doubt. She's the most exciting player, I think, young player to come up through. If she can stay healthy, she's, she's a 10. She has got speed. It's not physical. She's not going to be a strong body. She's the player that's going to glance and rinse off defenders as she glides through the lines. She's a player that is going to slot Alex Morgan in and keep Alex Morgan hot for this tournament. She's a player that connects incredibly well with Tobin on the right side. So I think she's someone that, if you don't know her name now, remember Rose Lavelle because you're going to want to continue following that woman's career. Perfect. All right, last question before we let you go. Uh, other than the obvious opportunity to watch uh, the great Allie Wagner perform this summer uh, <laughs> and do what she does so best and give us all the, uh, the incredible insight and information and entertainment that you do, why should somebody watch this World Cup this summer? Go ahead. Give us your best sell. My best sell? Oh, this is hard. All right. I do I, it's football. It's I'm sorry for you, Lex. It's soccer. Oh, uh, we're gonna have this argument again. No, all right, I'll let it go for this time. You're the guest. <laughs> it's it is it, it, there's nothing more romantic than the beautiful game played in the city of love. We got France, we've got Paris, and I, for me, I mean, I'm biased, of course, but there's no better female sport out there than women's soccer, and I've never seen or I've never gone into a tournament thinking that there could be so many dark horses on the women's side. It happens all the time on the men's. On the women's side, the the parody that has 
come to play over the last four years is actually blowing my mind. The way that we're even speaking of Spain, the way that Netherlands won Euros and then then Norway knocked them out of qualifying, basically, and so they had to take another path. There's so many quality teams that can actually vie that are going to knock off big dogs, I think, in the run. But there's going to be a lot of drama, and that's what you love. I know that, Lex. Oh, yeah. You love the drama. And it's going to be there because there's going to be important teams going out early, I think, in this. And one of the big things to keep an eye on, at least for our fans, is how if the U.S. wins their group, does that bode well for them? Not necessarily because it likely sets up an earlier match with France in Mm. France. And so that is, I think, one of the the storylines of the summer. But without a doubt, this is going to be the most exciting women's football tournament, women's soccer tournament ever that we've seen in terms of the quality of play all right i'll work on my pitch that's all right no it's all right that's uh, no that's that's perfect listen ali wagner thank you so much for appearing here uh on the uh calling in because i know you're on the road here uh we will look forward to seeing you in the next couple of weeks uh obviously calling games with the she believes cup but then leading up we are as we said 100 days out from a world cup you know i love you you know i love what you do uh keep doing what you're doing i can't wait to see you this summer and work with you again this summer and for those out there listening she is an incredible talent and an incredible treasure when it comes to the broadcast of soccer men's women's doesn't really matter and also a machine i know i often often call uh mossy over there a savant when it comes to his knowledge of the game uh mossy you you have met your match i would i'm gonna at some point this summer in france we're gonna get you and ali in a bar with some french wine uh, and we're just gonna go at it and we're gonna go back and forth on uh, incredible uh, topics and i'm just gonna sit back there and enjoy it all all right fly safe we will talk to you soon ali thank you bye guys all right, that was fun. Thank you so much to Allie Wagner for joining us uh, and giving us some insight. Uh, and we will continue to talk to her and talk about this Women's World Cup because it's only 100 days out and it's going to come like that. Uh, and next thing you know, we will be in France bringing the World Cup to you. Any thoughts or questions uh, after hearing Allie talk? No, that was great. As you know, Allie Wagner is one of my favorite people in the world. Oh, yeah. So I'm so glad you asked that question about Ada or Ada. We're going to figure it out specifically before we get to the World Cup, Hegerberg. Because can you imagine if the best player in the world, the Ballon d'Or winner, if, if Cristiano or Messi didn't go to a World Cup? I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling, but... That's her decision, and that's what's going to happen. By the way, I've just realized the interview's over, and I'm still wearing my... I know. Uh, take, your, take your headphones off. <laughs> headphones. <It's> okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, listen. Uh, as I said, we are 100 days out. This is a special mini-pod, if you will. One of the great uh, joys in my life uh, has been working World Cups, and a specific joy has been working a Women's World Cup. It is unlike anything that you do. It's, it's different in many ways to a Men's World Cup, but equally, from my perspective, as exciting and as interesting, and I can't wait to get there and once again dive into this incredible game and this incredible tournament and to see these incredible women and you know we we, we mentioned uh, Rose Lavelle for example from Ali's perspective possibly being a breakout star but the great thing about all World Cups including this summer is that we will be exposed to teams and individual players that will use this platform and will become stars and global stars uh, for what they do on the field there will be the stories that will percolate on and off the field that we will tell it's so much 
much fun, and we will be bringing it to you throughout uh, on a daily basis on Fox. It will also be combined with uh, the Gold Cup coverage that we are bringing. So it's just going to be a summer of soccer, the likes of which we have never, uh, we, you have never seen, uh, and we are so proud to be able to bring it to you on Fox. So thanks again to Ali Wagner. Thanks to David Mossy. Uh, hit us up as always uh, on the uh, different platforms out there with the Ask Alexi hashtag. Thank you so much for listening to this special edition, uh, Women's World Cup 100 Days Out special edition uh, of the State of the Union podcast. And as always, size the day. <laughs> <laughs>